We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. And joining me today is a very special guest, Chargers team reporter, Chris Harry. Chris, thanks for taking the time to join me. How are you doing today? Steven, always a pleasure, man. I'm doing great. Uh, the offseason is in full swing, as everybody knows, and uh, excited to kind of get closer and closer to the draft here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, uh, you know, to a lesser extent, but, you know, like covering this team, man, like there's just so much excitement about what the Chargers have done, and we're going to talk about a lot of it with you. But is this the same kind of sentiment shared with you guys who cover the team full time? You get to be around the team full time. Is this really like the craziest offseason that you get that you can remember of the of covering this team? I think so, just because you can couple it with everything else that's happening in the division. I think it just magnifies it, right? Like the, yeah. the, the Khalil Mack trade is one thing. I mean, you, you get an elite player, you put them on the other side of Joey Bosa and they kind of hit the ground running in free agency after that. Um, JC Jackson, I'm sure we'll talk about all these guys, but then you see Russell Wilson going to the Broncos and yeah. you see uh, Tyreek Hill leave the division. You see Devonte Adams, enter the division along with Chandler Jones and, and Randy Gregory and Juju Smith-Schuster and not to mention, you know, Deshaun Watson staying in the AFC. Um, you know, you think about all the teams that made the playoffs last year and then you think about all the teams that didn't and how they look just as much the the, the bill of, of, of a playoff contender or Super Bowl contender. It just makes the AFC West – the AFC in general, just such a, a fascinating topic this offseason because the NFC, I, I think you could probably say there's like maybe maybe five teams, right, that, yeah. that can that can win the Super Bowl next year. In the AFC, I mean, I'd, I'd have to literally look down and, and make the case for a team that, that wouldn't get into the playoffs or yeah. win a game or two in the conference. So it, it's, it's fascinating. I love what's happening in the AFC West. And uh, and I guarantee there'll be a lot of primetime games for the Chargers in 2022. Yeah, lots of lots of AFC West on uh, primetime TV this year. Can't wait for all of it. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll mention some of the specific signings. But I want to get started with Khalil Mack because 
You've had a chance to sit in his press conference. You've had a chance to sit down and interview him. What's been your impression so far? Because obviously I think Chargers fans are a little familiar with Khalil Mack because of his days with the Raiders. But what's been your impression of getting to know Khalil Mack over the last week or so? I would say on the surface, chill, understated. um, But he knows exactly what he needs to accomplish in 2022. I I got the sense, Stephen, I don't know if you did uh, during his presser, that he felt like there was some sort of narrative that that yeah. was like I fell off because I, I was hurt last year. You know, I played in seven games and um, people forgot what I'm capable of. Um, so I think he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody, but but I really truly think that he, that he feels like he needs to show – the world that he's Khalil Mack and he, he never left. So getting the opportunity to do that with Brandon Staley and Joey Bosa and, and Derwin James. Um, one of the things that struck me in the interview I had with him was he, he talked about all the individual pieces on, on the chargers. And he said he had, and he's right. He had a lot of great individual pieces in Chicago too. Um, but he said it's nothing if you don't put it together and, and you don't have everybody kind of rowing in the same direction um, and you don't want that opportunity to pass you by. So I, I think he's fully aware of uh, of the pieces on this defense. He knows this defense. I think he's going to teach a lot of the younger guys. And uh, I think just the underrated aspect of what Khalil Mack brings to this team of course, he gets after the the, the, the quarterback, but um, the way he defends the run and, and he's going to have to be the guy that really leads by example for not just like Joey and, and other, uh, you know, star players on this team. But, you know, just across the defensive line, show him, showing showing guys how it's done, um, how, how Staley wants to run things. And, and I think it starts with uh, stopping the run. And I, I I mentioned this a couple of times. I, I my favorite quote from him was he said, "You got to get bloody before you start to get your money." Meaning you have yeah. to do the little things on first and second down. You have to stop the run, and then on third down, you can do what you do best, what you get paid to do, and get after quarterbacks in the AFC West. Yeah, and you know, hearing that phrase from you guys, it really reminded me. You know, Sean Merriman had a tweet uh, earlier in the season, or I want to say after like the Eagles game. You know, stopping the run really is about mindset more than it is about talent. And I think, you know, that was really something that the Chargers were lacking. It was just having players like Cleo Mack who understand and will put the effort forth to really get after the run as opposed to, okay, like we have to do our job here on first down to get to third down, whereas Cleo Mack really values that first down opportunity to get after the run as opposed to, you know, the, the stereotypical get after the passer. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, Brandon Staley mentioned like he's just he's not an elite pass rusher. He's just an elite defender and he's a complete yeah. defender. And I think that's what Chargers fans are going to see when they see him and Joey, because because, you know, Money and I have talked about this almost every other Thursday. It seems like, you know, Joey's one of the best all around defensive linemen in the game. You know, he he gets after the run similar to getting after the quarterback. So when you have two guys who can set the edge and and not only wreak havoc on quarterbacks, but also really set the tone in, in stopping the run. You have the start of something really special. And, and I think, you know, we'll get into the guys that they brought in and, and Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day. Joseph Day in particular, because he knows Staley's system. And, you know, yeah. I think I think what you're seeing are, are guys that really fit exactly what Staley wants to accomplish on defense this upcoming season.
Yeah. One, one last thing on Khalil Mack. I thought your conversation with Brandon Staley yesterday on CBS was the way that he kind of painted the picture of of Khalil Mack was interesting to me because, you know, you listen to the national narratives that Khalil has kind of acknowledged and, you know, trading for Khalil is, you know, it's going to allow him to, you know, the chargers are going to bring the best out of Khalil is kind of how the picture was painted nationally because Khalil is, you know, older, he's injured and all that stuff. But the way that Brandon Staley was talking about it was more of Khalil going to bring the best out of the Chargers and specifically mentioned Joey Bosa, Derwin James and all these guys. So I thought the way that Brandon Staley kind of framed that yesterday with you was really interesting to me. I did too. Uh, A couple of things there. I, I think, you know, it was one year for Joey in that system. So, mm-hmm. you know, Staley mentioned the fact that he thinks Joey can take another step, which is kind of scary that he could take another yeah. step in this Staley system and um, pairing him with Khalil is going to be something to see. But w- what I found really interesting was um, he likened Derwin James to Justin Herbert and mm-hmm. filling Derwin James up with stars. So Darwin can feed off that energy because Darwin is the one who's given out the energy on defense and really right. across the team, all three phases. I mean, he, he's the heartbeat of the team. Uh, so when you bring in a guy like JC Jackson, who who has that, that uh, ball production, you know, 25 interceptions, when, when you have a guy like Khalil Mag and, and Joey Bosa up front, that allows Darwin, I think to be Darwin and, and not have to really, be spread so thin last year. He he played so many different positions for this team. Um, these star players will give Derwin an opportunity to be used all over the football field. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I'm most excited about. I thought Derwin had a fantastic year last year. But, you know, if you go back to 2018, you know, Derwin was just all over the place. He was first team all pro as a rookie. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing some sort of version of that mixed with what Brandon Staley ultimately wants for Derwin James. And I think we'll see as close as you're going to see to it in 2022. Yeah. You know, listening to that conversation made me think a little bit about, you know, Derwin, the pass rusher, which isn't necessarily something people talk about a whole lot, but we saw little glimpses here and there of, of Staley, you know, using his designer looks to free up Derwin as a blitzer, as a pass rusher, but it, Part of that was that they couldn't stop the run very well. Part of that was also that Derwin just had to be back. He had to play, you know, yeah. in, in, as the deep safety. So I'm I'm excited to see that, like 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 you're saying for sure. Um, and like I never thought J.C. Jackson was going to be on this team, man. I, I never thought he was going to leave New England. I didn't think that Bill Belichick was going to let him get away. And so you know, I was kind of focused more in on you know like Charvarius Ward and D.J. Reed and like that group of corners because we figured the Chargers would make a move there. Uh, but what's it been like getting to know JC Jackson and kind of what's your impression of the way the chargers are going to view him? Well, Staley mentioned, I don't know. Did you guys see when he rattled off that like scouting report? Yeah. And the all in video. Yeah. To, to his face. And I think JC Jackson was like, wow, this guy didn't homework <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing is that he, uh, he travels with, with the number one guys. Um, and listen, we, we talked about Devontae Adams coming to this division. Um, you know, I know Tyreek Hill's left uh, all the weapons in Denver. You bring in Juju, you bring in uh, Valdez Scandling, um, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, I consider just not a tight end. <laughs> so, so I, I don't yeah. care. I, th- I think JC Jackson uh, will do whatever 
he's asked to do. You know, he'll he'll travel. Um, no, the ball production is the biggest thing, and, and I, I I love just envisioning guys like Asante Samuel Jr., J.C. Jackson, Derwin, and Nas Adderley. Like I, I I'm still waiting for that Nas Adderley season where he gets his hand on like five or yeah. six interceptions. Um, I think that you have a secondary now that can really turn the ball over. Um, and, and it's kind of led by JC in that sense. Um, but I, I think it may kind of, you know, that rising tide lifts all boats quote. I, I really think that the secondary will benefit from just JC's presence back there, getting your, your, your hands on tips, tipped interceptions. Um, you know, we, we know Derwin's ball skills and his nose for the ball, Asante, what what we saw in kind of a smaller sample size last year, and and Nas, like I'll never forget the quote, Stephen, that the DJ had after Nas was drafted. He said, "If you were to develop a safety in a laboratory to put next to Derwin James, it'd be a guy like Nas Adderley." So, I think Nas yeah. again, another guy in his second year entering uh, in Brandon Staley's system, uh, can he get his hands on the football? So, I, I think JC brings that attitude, that energy that coach was talking about that, that Derwin has really been the mainstay in, in the one guy who, who brings it to everybody. I think JC is going to bring some of that. Um, and I also, I, I look forward to seeing how many interceptions tips, uh, how many uh, hands they get on a football here this upcoming season. Yeah. As Brandon coach Staley mentioned, you know, the, the way that Khalil Mack would like sprint on the field and they had, they have those competitions, right? I think we'll see a little bit of that of that in the secondary with uh, JC Jackson and all these interceptions that are uh, hopefully coming the chargers way. So yeah. uh, you mentioned the, the two big guys up front that the chargers signed a little bit earlier, Sebastian Joseph day and Austin Johnson. Uh, I've got to say, man, Sebastian Joseph day was somebody I really wanted on this team, but after listening to him talk and all these uh, videos and the press conferences, his personality is absolutely electric. I can't wait to see what uh, you know, Staley has kind of cooked up for him. And, and of course, Austin Johnson as well. The biggest thing with Sebastian Joseph Day that I didn't know is that he co-hosted a podcast with Mike Tyson. Did you? Know yeah, that? I didn't know that either. <laughs> so I don't know. You guys got to line him up. Get get him on the pod. I'm talk trying, about man. That I'm trying. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm impressed with uh, with him just as a person. I thought he was really fun um, during his presser, but you know, did did some digging in on just when he was drafted. He was like the 18th defensive tackle off the board out of 22 Mm -hmm. um he's played in i think 25 fewer games than bj hill and deron Payne. those are the only guys that have more solo tackles than he does i think he has 83 solo tackles so i think that's a testament to just how he attacks getting after the run how it really started when brandon staley was a defensive coordinator and somebody asked him in the presser or, or I think maybe just made the statement like, Hey, that was your best season. And he like was very quick to stop him and say, no, 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 no. 2021 was my best season. It was going to be my best season. Like look at the stats yeah. Like before he got hurt seven games in, he was on pace to have his best season by far, but the foundation was set under Staley. So to have someone who has that familiarity like Khalil Mack, to go into camp, like I, I just I think of the the fact that there wasn't a guy or guys like that uh, last year um, that had this great understanding of Brandon Staley's defense and and all the ins and outs up front, and you know he was 
really working with the guys who were here the year before and who were in a much different defense. And I think this year has allowed Coach Staley to evaluate the guys on the roster and really kind of pick and choose and select the personnel that bets that best fits what he wants to accomplish on defense. And obviously he mentioned uh, guys like Sebastian and Austin as those players who really fit that bill. And, you know, Austin Johnson started all 17 games for the Giants last year. He was at SoFi in week 14 when the Giants lost to the Chargers. Um, yeah. A guy who, who was a second round pick, if I'm not mistaken, and was taken two picks before Derrick Henry. I think the Titans had two picks in the second round. No and kidding. he was selected two picks before Derrick Henry, if I'm not mistaken. Poor guy just gets set up for failure right away, you know, being compared to Derrick Henry all all, all, <laughs> all season long. Uh, good little nugget there for sure. Um, last one I want to get your thoughts on here is uh, Gerald Everett because I, I was really excited about this possibility. I knew that, um, you know, they were supposedly looking to upgrade the position over Jared Cook and, uh, I think Gerald Everett just kind of brings something different to this team that they really didn't have last year, at least on offense in terms of, you know, yards after catch, breaking tackles. Uh, what, what do you make of the Gerald Everett signing? I like it. Uh, I think it brings uh, another young player into that room. And, and I think that if you look at Gerald's numbers last year with Russell Wilson in and out of the lineup, um, he had the same amount of catches as Jared Cook. I think he had four touchdowns similar to Jared Cook, but he had it on, I think, 20 fewer targets. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the fact that he was productive, despite Russell Wilson not being a, a mainstay in the lineup, this is going to be probably his best situation as a pro when you, when you look at just having Justin Herbert as your quarterback, um, having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the outside. Um, you're you're going to be able to set, really set yourself up for – you know, maybe another contract here um, if you have a, a really good year in this offense. And, you know, yeah. Gerald Everett's only 27 years old. Um, so I, I think a lot of Chargers fans and, you know, I'm sure the coaches too expect Donald Parham, you know, hopefully he comes back 110% ready to go this year and he takes a next step in his career. Um, Trey McKitty came on um, and I, I like him obviously as a, as a run blocker, um, I think he may have some juice in the passing game too. Um, uh, and then, you know, Steven Anderson, he, he was a guy who came up really clutch. I, I think of that Philadelphia game in particular last year. So th this tight end group, I like it. It's not, you don't have a, a Darren Waller or a Travis Kelsey in it, but I don't think you need one uh, when you have all the weapons that the chargers have on the outside with Austin in the backfield and what they could potentially do in the draft. So I, I'm big on the, the Gerald Everett signing because I think that they were patient. They didn't have to overpay for a guy. And uh, and then they get a guy who's 27 years old who has shown flashes, and now he's going to have one of the best quarterbacks in football throwing him the ball. Yeah, that to me was a, a key theme of this group. I mean, outside of Khalil, all of the other players, you know, in their mid-20s, presumably hitting their stride as players. So I think the Chargers did good in that regard. So well, last question for me. This has been great stuff. Uh, obviously, the Chargers have uh, a really prime uh, draft position this year, picking 17th overall. It's been a lot of Jordan Davis, a lot of receiver talk. How do you think this uh, free agency group kind of sets the Chargers up to attack the draft this year and specifically that first round? Man, it, it's, you know, two years ago we knew – 
they needed a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. uh, last year, we were pretty confident that a left tackle um, was coming. I mean, I think we were all surprised that Rashawn Slater was still yes. available at 13. <laughs> um, this year, I truly have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. It could be wide receiver. It could be a guy like Jordan Davis, although he may he may not even be there at 17 at this point. Um, yeah. it, could be a, it could be a right tackle. could be a linebacker. Um, I think there's so many possibilities. And, you know, they could trade up. They could trade back. They have enough picks to do that. Um, I, I wonder what this maybe this third wave of free agency will bring here over the next couple of weeks. Not that I, I think it'll have a, a huge factor on what they do in the first round. I think once they set their board and they see who's there, listen, if they like a guy like Chris Alave uh, and he's there, then they may have the opportunity to get him. If they like a linebacker, um, they may have their choice of a, a couple of guys there. Um, the, the interesting thing about this draft is that like, you know, I, I almost like that to 20, uh, 2018, like no one even talked about Derwin James really at 17 overall. Right. I mean, like we yeah. all expected yeah. Derwin to go top 12, top 15, although Matt Bowen actually predicted it at the combine that year, but that was, that was early in the process. But like, I think once we got to, to the draft, Derwin wasn't really in the conversation. All of a sudden he was. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that it, there's going to be a situation where we're, we're looking at a guy who is mocked right now in the top 10 and, and falls to 17, but I just don't have, a, I don't have a good answer. And, and I think it's a good thing for, for the chargers because they may be able to get a premium player at a position that, maybe we're not thinking about or maybe is not the most glaring need that can make a, a real difference um, this upcoming season. I mean, I, I think if you look at that class, honestly, that, that 2018 class, um, Derwin James was one of the main reasons they went 12 and four that year. He was a first team yeah. all pro a rookie. Um, so rookies can make an instant impact on your team. They can, they can help you get over the hump, help you get to the playoffs. And it's been fun to see all the excitement around the, the veterans and the guys that they've already gotten, but there very well could be a guy uh, across the line that, that makes a difference um, that they drafted 17 overall. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a right tackle that helps solidify that position for the next several years on the other side of Rashawn Slater. So um, there's so much time to talk about it. We still got another month, um, but I, I truly cannot give you a good answer. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's really one of those rare years where you just you know, so many things can happen. I think this draft class in general is just so loaded with depth outside of the top 10 that, you know, you know there's there's always talk of like, oh, so and so is not going to be there. So and so is not going to be there. But, you know, this well, year, fact, more than other years, it's not really a quarterback draft either. Like that, that's yeah. what I'm interested in, too. Like there may be some movement, let's say, in between like 10 and 16, where yeah. a, a team sees that a guy like Malik Willis is still on the board and, and they want to make a move um, or a, a picket, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody wants to jump the chargers to make sure that they get that guy. Um, the, the movement at quarterback isn't at the top of the draft. It's going to probably lie somewhere in the yeah. middle of where the chargers pick in number one overall. So that's another wrinkle to all this, that um, the quarterback class is, I guess, quote unquote down this year compared to, to other years. But what does that do right before number 17 overall? Maybe, maybe there's a deal to be had there based on who may be available at that time. 
Yeah, I'm always a fan of uh, trading down. So I, I'm hoping that this is the first year where we see Tom do that. Uh, obviously, he's traded up before, but never traded down. So I, I guess we'll see that. Are you guys going to be in Vegas for the draft? Or are you doing uh, yeah doing stuff I'll, in LA? I'll be there. I'll be there for the draft for the first round. So uh, Thursday, and then come back on Friday. So I'm hopeful that whoever the Chargers select is is in Vegas at night, so we can chat with them. Yeah, uh, well, I, I will say that my co-host and I, Tyler, will be there as well. So we'll have to nice. uh, link up. Yeah, this will be my first time ever attending this draft. So really excited about that. It's it's always a fun time, man. This is like my favorite time of the year, uh, just leading up to the draft and draft day. Uh, it's it's yeah. so much excitement. And um, if, if free agency is any indication as to how the draft is going to go, um, I think the NFL better buckle up because. <laughs> It's been the craziest <laughs> I think I can remember. All these trades, man, all these big signings. It's been crazy. So I, I really am hoping that there's a lot of you know movement for quarterbacks or whatever, you know, this year in the draft. It, it just makes it more fun to talk about. So yeah. uh Chris, this has been great, man. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to join me today. Course, Chargers fans, be sure to uh follow him, check him out on CBS. Uh just recently we mentioned the interview with Staley. Uh, there is the link up on his page for that as well. So go check that out in case you missed it. Uh, Chris, where can uh, Chargers fans find you if they are not already following you? And what do you have uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, man. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter at Chris Harry. Um, like you mentioned, CBS LA Sports Central on the weekends and um, Chargers Weekly every Thursday with me and Money. Um, it's been it's been so fun to do the pod with Money and, and get his thoughts on everything that's happened this off season and. We look forward to keeping that thing rolling with with guests and you know really I, I honestly half the half the pods I just enjoy him him and I going back and <laughs> forth and, and just talking because uh, yeah. I love I love hearing his thoughts on the team and and everything that's happening around the NFL right now so you can catch us on the Chargers Podcast Network um, the videos on YouTube similar to your guys's pod and uh, um, tune in and, and subscribe man like I said you know for Chargers fans. There's enough pie to go around to get mm. your Chargers fixed and to get different angles and perspectives from a, a number of Chargers podcasts. So we hope just to be in the rotation with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got to say, really, lastly, real quick, Matt Money was was fantastic on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, you know, <laughs> him trying to do the kickflip. I don't know if you saw the video of him trying to do the kickflip or whatever. I don't know skateboarding very well, but uh, he was fantastic on the McAfee show. When was it? Was it this week? I've seen one a few times. Uh, it was it was two weeks ago, two weeks okay. ago or three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out. But uh, he, he was great with those guys. So uh, again, Chris, thanks for taking the time to join us, man. We'll, we'll be in touch soon. Bye, brother.